Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. As always, I'm your host, Peter Eklund. And today, me and my two guests will be talking about a show that debuted on Disney+, Plus when the streaming platform premiered almost a year ago, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Um, this is all due to the fact that this show is nominated for an Emmy, and the Emmys are this upcoming Sunday, and it'll be all in time for that. But um, let me go ahead and introduce to you my two guests for this week. You might remember her from back when she raved all about Frozen 2. Devin, thank you for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. And with her, we are welcoming on the true super fan of all things Jeff Goldblum and Jeff Goldblum's world, I guess, as the show is about Devin's husband, Chris. Chris, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So catch me up. It's been it's been a few months, Devin, since we last saw you. What's been going on with you guys? It has uh, been a while. The world, the world is changing <laughs> fast. Um, we're, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still working from home like most of the time, except for when I've got shoots. Uh, Chris is back in the field. I don't know if you want to say a little bit about what you do. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm an electrician um, by trade. Uh, so my life hasn't been too different. Um, so working a lot and uh, spending a lot of time uh, doing some work around the house and watching Jeff Goldblum. Um, one thing that's been uh, kind of an exciting development in my life since we last spoke, which actually started kind of shortly after uh, we last recorded, was I've been um, working with a, working uh, to help start up a nonprofit that is intended to address uh, racism and inequality in Oneonta, um, in the school district specifically, but also the broader community. Um, so been um, putting some time toward that and working with a really awesome group of um, some young black alumni and some other um, folks just dedicated to making some, hopefully making some systemic change in that arena. So i um, been putting some energy toward that and I'm really excited about where that's going. Um, Oneana for Equality, if folks wanna check it out, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And um, we have a website that'll be up pretty soon, maybe by the time this is um, record, this is uh, going out, so. Yeah, wow, that's that's awesome. And being yeah. having um, living in Oneana, I know you guys are up in the Ithaca area. I just yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, also, I, I must address that if you guys hear um, listeners, you hear anything in the background, <laughs> um, that's our our my third guest chiming <laughs> in about his love of um, Jeff Goldblum. Yes, um, he has Devin. a lot of thoughts on the matter. <laughs> that a is handy, right? Yes, that is our roommate, Andy. Um, he is very upset right now because there, somebody is setting off fireworks. And, uh, but it's really, it's really just, you know, he's got a lot of opinions about Jeff Goldblum. He wants to contribute. He always wants to be doing whatever we're doing. So he's, he's just, um, you're, you're going to hear him chiming in with his thoughts on this matter throughout the episode, probably. For, for those that's... listening, uh, we're we're actually holed up in our garage right now because it's the quietest part we of the house. We had to change locations because we needed to get, we were like, this is just going to happen all night. So we're sequestered away in the garage. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are in the doghouse yourselves. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, literally. Instead of putting the dog out, we're just like, you know what? Just give him the house. It's fine. We'll go out. Oh, man. So um, as we're recording this today for myself, I think the biggest thing that has happened with me is today, me and two other couples, we had a lawn sale at our house and it went from like seven or eight, eight in the morning till about three. And so just moving stuff around and haggling mm -hmm. and doing all that kind of stuff. It was just exhausting. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that was not exhausting. And the, and, the, and the biggest thing I wanted to sell, nobody was biting at. It was like my whole collection of Walking Dead volumes. Oh. And oh, it's just like, I was just looking for the right person. And I was so Yeah, I feel like that's not like a lawn sale thing. That's a kind of like a thing that you got to go to like where the people are who want that. Because there's definitely people that want that, but you can't count on them just like stumbling by your house. That's that's true. That is true. But I, I, I made some pretty good sales. I was pretty yeah. excited about. So oh. it was definitely complicated having three different couples it was like who's is that who what's it how much is right. it for? and then things get moved to like other tables and stuff and yeah madness ensues yeah 
yeah, it was pretty crazy, but it was fun. Um, Tyler and Abby, who are frequent guests, and um, Aaron, who was on for our Star Wars episode, will be coming back again. Um, Yeah, him and his wife. So it was all uh, an extreming Disney um, lawn sale. Is that the um, the Clone Wars episode? Yes. I need to go back and listen to that one. I skipped it because I hadn't finished the series yet, and I wanted to finish it before I listened to it. And I, I just finished it like last week. So yeah. I need, and then I and then I binge watched all of Rebels in the last week. Um, I'm on a real kick right now, so I need I, to go I back and listen to that any, one. I haven't seen anything from Rebels yet. Oh, it's so it's good. good! It's, it's real good. so good. Real good. It's like the best thing. It's it. All those series are so weird because early on they look like the animation from like Veggie Tales. Yes. And it's like VeggieTales Star Wars, and it weirds me out. But if you can like get past that, mm-hmm. it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, I think that's what happened with me. I think I put on the first episode at one point, and it was like, oh, this is not for me. I yeah. yeah, I didn't think so either. But the characters and the stories are like so so good. Like if you if you give it give it a chance, it's it's very very worthwhile. Right now, what I have been mostly watching on Disney Plus is I'm reliving my childhood of watching the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Whoa. And I am loving it. Because I used to have a VHS tape with a bunch of episodes on as a kid that I would play over and over again. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just having the best time just, like, remembering uh-huh. just, like, bits and pieces. Oh, I love it. I love that show. Does it hold up? I, I find that's a thing. Like I So because of Disney, I've now been able to watch The Simpsons again, which I haven't been able to do in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some things that I'm like, wow, this is just as funny as I thought it was. There are other things that I'm like, you know what? This does not hold up well, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. From, I, it has to be nostalgia. I don't know if anybody else would love this show as much as i do uh you know because i just i watched it at like age five and i thought i was christopher robin growing up you know just uh, traipsing around through like my parents property we always had a lot of land and i just felt like i was in the hundred acre woods and Uh yeah anyway um i don't know if you check it out you tell me chris whether (laughs) you think it's a good show or not or if i'm just like i haven't five years old I haven't watched any like real kids stuff like on Disney much, and maybe I should do that. That might be kind of fun. But we should I do like Saturday morning cartoons. We've talked. Well, our our entire life is Saturday morning cartoons. That's true. We literally have a, some variation of cartoon playing at all times at our That's house. Accurate. That is accurate. Just yes. usually like in the background or something. Yeah, and we eat like we're unregulated ten year olds. <laughs> That's also days. true. So. <laughs> It's always Saturday morning. It is pretty much it is perpetually Saturday morning, <laughs> except like the that, the couple hours a day where we actually do work. Yeah. yeah. And you know that you saying that it makes me think I want to have you guys on for one of my Saturday morning cartoon episodes. Yes. Oh snap, yes. And I do that like once a month where we draw a date out of the hat and we kind of find cartoons that line up with that date. And <sighs> yeah, that yeah. would be fun. I'd I would like down. to do that. I'd be down. I think next week is gonna be one. Um and I'll have to let everybody know what that is at the end of this episode. Yeah. So, something to look forward to. Um, but I, let's let's get into our main topic. Let's. You guys are okay starting to talk about Jeff Goldblum? Always, Always. and forever. That's Chris's default state. He just wakes up talking about Jeff Goldblum. All right. Well, then um, you're going to be right at home, Chris. This is perfect. <laughs> I think the first thing I want to do is, before we get into the show itself, I just want to know... Um, Jeff Goldblum in movies and television, what stands out to you guys? I think if we each pick one, um, you know, I have a few kind of preloaded. So if you guys take one of mine, um, I'm, I'm a little bit more ready for it. So I, I think I want to throw to Chris, what is like the quintessential Jeff Goldblum for you apart from this show? So here's the interesting thing. Um, this will be maybe not a popular stance or like lifestyle. I'm not a movie person. I, oh. I, I don't watch a lot of movies. I, I don't know what it is. So this is going to sound kind of odd. My association with Jeff Goldblum is just Jeff Goldblum. It's not him in a role. So the first role I actually like really like remembered seeing him in was Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who is this? And you're like, that's Jeff Goldblum. And I'm like, I'm all I about love him. this. 
And then I just started like YouTubing him and Googling him and watching interviews with him and like reading stories about him. And I was like, Jeff Goldblum is Jeff Goldblum to me. Like, that was that was the, when we watched that movie. It was the day that Chris fell head over heels in love with Jeff Goldblum. Deeply in love. Love at first sight yes. for him. Yes. Yeah, I think honestly that movie with Thor Ragnarok. That is the he is the most Jeff Goldblum. Yes. In that movie. <laughs> I. I feel like Taika Waititi just looked at him and said, just be you, man. You know? And That's exactly what we were saying, too. <laughs> I've had a theory that they didn't give him a script and that, like, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure he knew he was being filmed. <laughs> That's my theory, is that, like, he just showed up on set with those pajamas on. With that costume, with, with the that... blue makeup and everything. It yeah. was just like, I'm here, guys. What are we doing? They're like, what are we doing? And they're like, be just an evil you. And he's like, cool, got it. Got it. Yeah. Locked and loaded. That's my theory. So I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm going to, I have to suggest this now. Have you seen, there's like a special feature Jeff Goldblum thing where he's a roommate. Yes. To a guy in like LA or whatnot. And he's like, I've Oh, I've seen it. Oh, it's it's so good. It's really funny. funny. We'll watch it's it. Though. Okay. And it's directed by Taika Waititi. It's very much oh. like the, the original, what we do in the shadows. Movie. Oh, I'm I was so about to sold. say, it's what we do in the shadows, with Jeff Goldblum. What? Yeah. Where have you been hiding this? I've been watching it all day, every day. How come you haven't told me about it? I don't know. You you, you never listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great, Devin. You're gonna you're just gonna be. Uh, I think I like him more in that than I like him in Thor Ragnarok. Almost. Wow. I, my my main thought when I was watching Thor Ragnarok was I could do without all this other stuff and just watch Jeff Goldblum. And when I saw <laughs> that, I was like, my prayers have been answered. There it is. All right, Devin, your turn. Pick a quintess. What's your quintessential Jeff Goldblum? Um, so Thor Ragnarok is definitely a great one. Loved him in that. I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. Jurassic Park is like one of, if not maybe my favorite movie of all time. I've seen it so many times. Um, so I I love me some Ian Malcolm. Yes, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, I don't know how many times I've seen Jurassic Park. So many um, me and my friend group out here, we play a game where we each pick a couple movies. That you can you can take this, listeners. You can take this game. You you each pick a couple movies. You put it into a pile, and then you draw cards. Whoever has the highest card gets to remove a game or a movie from the pile. And probably, I mean, we played this game for years, and probably five to ten of the times we end up watching Jurassic Park. At the end. It's just a, such a fan favorite. It's always because, good. Oh, it's perfect. It holds it's, up so well. I like to I like to chase it down with the making of documentary that um, is on the DVD. I, I, I like to always watch that after I watch the movie just because it's like that to me, like the, what one of the things that makes Jurassic Park so cool is all the all the stuff that went into making it, all the like ways that innovated film. Um, and so watching that is like just as interesting to me. I'm a huge like film filmmaking nerd, as yes. you can tell. Um, so I, I love all that stuff. I actually almost always prefer watching the making of things more than I like any movie I've actually seen. I don't know why. For some reason, yeah. Like, and I love good storytelling. I do. I do like a good movie, but I could watch making of movies like all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. I like. To, I like to watch them in conjunction. I like to set aside enough time to watch like the movie and then the making of thing. I like want to watch together. You know, I'm realizing, I think my problem. So my thing with like things like Jurassic Park and so on and so forth is like a lot of those movies when they came out, I was maybe just a little too young to immediately see them, but I was mm -hmm. super into like the toys and things. Sure. And so mm -hmm. I had my own Jurassic Park universe created. Huh. And then I was like, when they're like, you should watch the movie. I was like, why would I watch that? Like, I have my own Jurassic Park. I've been doing Jurassic mind. Park for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever they come up with can't beat what's up in like 10 year old Chris's imagination. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. Every time I'm like, I should watch that movie again. I'm like, should I? Oh, I could. That's funny. It was it's like Rex. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I had Star Wars toys, like the little action figures before I saw the movies. And I'm like making up stories. I'm like, okay, I know spoilers. Luke and Leia are siblings. So I'm just like, and I just, I did not know. Like I made it kind of like they were going into Narnia and seeing all these aliens and stuff. Like I had no idea of like what this, the movie was about, you know, before. Yeah. Anyway, obviously. Cause I was playing with the toys. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick a movie 
Um, you guys took two of my three, obviously. Um, so I think I'm, I'm going to have to go with some one movie that actually stayed with me. I saw it a little bit later, and it's from the 80s, and it's The Fly. I was wondering um, if it was going to be that one. I've actually I, not seen that. Yeah, honestly, like, I, I kind of came into, like, scary movies, horror movies a little bit later in life. Because I was just kind of, I guess, I don't know, a scared, I am. a scared teenager. Um, and there's stuff in that movie that has stuck with me from watching it. And it's all, you know, it's, it's Jeff Goldblum who makes the movie. I mean, he's the main character. He's the one who's transforming into this monster. And it's crazy. And the stuff, you know, Gina Davis plays opposite him. Um, and that just goes to show how old the movie is because Gina Davis, we don't see her anymore. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really stuck with me and it's some of the, some scary elements within it still, still gets me sometimes mm-hmm. when I think about it. There's one thing that I was literally like, ah, watching it because it wasn't like a jump out scary kind of a thing. It was just freaky, you know? Um, and I would actually also, mm-hmm. yeah. this, if I didn't mention this one movie and, um, to a shout out to Marge Merzig, who has been on the show before, um, Buckaroo Banzai. Um, he's in that and he has a funny role as an alien. Um, it's a crazy eighties movie with your, uh, your Weller and have you seen it, Chris? No, that sounds amazing. Just run the oh, title. Check it out. It's Buckaroo it's Bonsai. It's, it's, it's totally bananas. You got to check it out. It's crazy. What is he in it? Um, he's an alien. Um, and it's this crew of, adventurers who it it seems like it's almost shot to be like a procedural television show so it feels Uh like a tv show while you're watching it but it's a movie and it has um peter weller in it who played robocop um it's it's crazy oh i'm so was he an alien or was he a main character i might be mixing up some of the details around this movie but it's worth watching and I got to give a shout out to Marge Mersey because she loves that movie. All right. I'm, I'm going to watch that. I want to see Yeah, it. I think I'm it's excited. on Amazon. Um, I feel like I should actually see things he's like been in. Like uh, to appreciate Jeff Goldblum. If Gold you're going to be his yeah. number one fan, you should yeah. like watch his work. I kind of like that. But it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's just about the Goldblum. I, I feel like the worst nightmare you could have is you actually meet Jeff Goldblum in real life. And he asks you, um, um, do you have a, a favorite movie that I'm in? And then you have nothing to say. Oh, that's why I, I, I think he'd appreciate that more than I'm like, no, Jeff, it's just been about you this whole time. It's always been and, you. And I feel like, and I've heard stories of him doing this kind of thing. Like he, I feel like he would just like gently stroke my face at the back of his hand and he'd be like, yes, you get it. <laughs> and then he, it's beautiful. So I have heard stories of Jeff Goldblum. I, I'm not sure what the podcast order here is, but I just got to say this. I've heard stories of Jeff Goldblum where like people are at parties and he comes in and he's like, and he'll go up to him and be like, well, now, now who are you? And, he'll, and they'll be like, oh, I'm Jeff so-and-so. And he'll be like, Jeff so-and-so. The Jeff so-and-so? Oh, oh Jeff so-and-so. I've heard you, Jeff, so-and-so, so much. I've heard about you. And they'd be so excited. And they'd say, wow, Jeff Goldblum knows me. And they'll be like, I can't believe it. I don't think I've ever, like, why would Jeff Goldblum know who I am? And then they'll look at him, like, talking to someone else at a party. And he'll be like, <laughs> oh, Karen. The Karen? <laughs> the, the Karen? This Karen? And they're like, that's just how Jeff Goldblum is every day about everyone he meets and that's amazing why can't we all do that all the time i love it he really needs to do a tv show where it's it's two people and it's him and bill murray that i was thinking this i because i've heard similar stories about bill murray just being freaking bill murray (laughs) you know and I feel like they'd be amazing. I had this exact thought that I feel like th- like those two would just like be amazing to watch on like a hidden camera show. You yeah, know, that would, that would be funny. Let's let's yeah. get on let's let's get on to the show itself, <clears throat> Devin. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick yeah. it over to you because I think Chris is probably gonna go a little bit longer with his explanation here. Of... Oh, so you're getting to know him? <laughs> yeah. So why don't you why don't you tell me what is it about this show that you like? 
It okay. Here's the main premise of this show. They seem to have said to Jeff Goldblum, "Here's a show. Go do whatever you want." And each episode is like him just exploring a topic, and they're like super random topics, and it's just him like exploring this thing with his like childlike wonder and it's beautiful and just watching him like go out in the world and like frolic about literally and like i don't know it's just so delightful and so weird and so awesome and you learn something about yourself and others along the way yeah um I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go off of it. I I think when this show first got pitched, when they were like having that big reveal, I think it was at D23 last year. And like, and they had so many people come out and explain what different shows and movies were going to be. And this one came, I think came out and they said the world according to Jeff Goldblum. And I never realized this is something I always wanted. You know what I mean? Like, they're having an exclude. This was going to be a premiere show through National Geographic on Disney Plus with Jeff Goldblum. It's just perfect, you know. Yes. And yeah, it's like I saw the thumbnail on Disney Plus, and it, and I just saw it, and I was like, yes, oh. yes to whatever this is. <laughs> and I think what's so interesting about him, and I think you're like touching on it in a lot of ways, is he's he's so bohemian. He's so mm-hmm. avant-garde so in different awesome. ways. Um, and like mm-hmm. he really can touch into the whimsy behind things that we look at almost every day as mundane. Yeah, right. yes, yeah. that was well so Chris, tell us, you know, say whatever you need to say that we haven't already stated. So what I love about this show is that on paper I should hate it. Like, and I love things like this where like when I hear the concept at first and I'm like, that is so stupid. And then if it sells me on it, I'm like, yes. And the thing about this show is that each one of the topics alone would be so boring. And honestly, the show itself could be about a 45 second like slideshow of like, and here's where jeans are made and sneakers cost this much sometimes. People like ice cream. Like you could go through and do that. But the mark of a good comedian is that it, it's a it's a combination of a unique voice and storytelling and them creating a character around that. Any good stand-up comic, I, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. Any good stand-up comic could just tell a story about them buying a sandwich and it will be the funniest thing ever because their voice and their vocabulary in their story. And this is a kind of like a masterpiece of them just being like, Let's let Jeff Goldblum be Jeff Goldblum about whatever he wants to Goldblum about. Right. You know, like, I don't know if this show would work with like anyone else, except like I had the thought maybe Bill, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But like, and you're right. What's so interesting about Jeff Goldblum is he's so kind of bohemian and like affected, like with an A, like it almost feels like he's putting on airs or a character quickly realized no that's just who he is he's he's simultaneously being a character and himself so strongly and it's amazing yeah yeah um i think another thing that really helps out this show that makes it so different and i I think devin you might want to i'm assuming you might want to say a few things about it is the filming style um with this show in particular it's, it's so different and eye-catching in different ways and the transitions even yeah, it is, is really strong. Yeah, it is done really creatively and they do a lot of, of um, different things. And, I, and a lot of it seems like it's kind of um, on the fly. On the fly. They're trying to, to give keep, you a little Jack Goldblum pun there. They're trying, but, to, they're trying to keep they're up try, with Yeah, them. you can you can places where like the, the videographers are literally just trying to like, well, because like a big part of videography is, uh, is like anticipating what, is gonna happen next. And with Jeff Goldblum, you can't always do that because like he's just making it up as he goes. And so like there's a moment that I love so much at the end of the ice cream episode where it's like he's closing out the episode, he's standing on the beach with his ice cream cone and he's like on some soliloquy about ice cream. And he's just like, 
so full of joy. And then he's like, he kind of like tapers off what he's saying, takes off running down the beach, like and skipping and stuff. And the videographers are trying to like follow him and stuff. And so you can see like, he, he just did that. They didn't know he was going to do that. No, so I think they did because as he's so he's doing this soliloquy and it slowly turns into him singing like I'll love you tomorrow. Yeah. But like you can see this like little mischievous smile like that he's <laughs> trying to hold back. And I swear you can see the camera kind of like shifting to like he's gonna run. Like he's <laughs> gonna do something. And then like he just like takes off holding an ice cream cone like a tomorrow tomorrow and the camera like you can just see the camera like running like trying to keep up with jeff and imagine watching that be on that beach and just jeff goldblum running away from a cameraman just holding ice cream singing to it that's what, like i love videographers have to almost like faster like studying like their prey almost and like see all these like subtle signs like he's gonna make a run yeah, for exactly, it. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of off the cuff in a good way. Yeah. They also do some really creative like um motion graphic type stuff, which is also great because he'll like I think they put together these graphics to show like, you know, they'll do in each episode like kind of a history of whatever the topic mm -hmm. is, give you some information. And they put that together and then they give him the information and he kind of just like reads it over whatever's happening. But he'll like he'll just make stuff up like he'll be like all right graphics graphics i'm be i'm seeing some graphics here and what we're seeing is is this or he's like all right i'm being handed some information i'm being told that i'm 1996 and, and stuff like that so it's just and and the the motion graphics like the the cool in between scenes as they're transitioning like talking about the history and all the things that like kind of should be boring um or interesting depending on who you are um but as they're going through the, the graphically they're beautiful these yeah. Amazing, like Sergeant Pepper's Arts Club band, Yellow Submarine montages. Yeah. Mind blowing. And on the other hand, it really sounds like he has not seen it. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, and oh, oh my. Oh, God. <laughs> Why is it doing that? And now there's a amazing. Like, yeah, it's really the art style is really, really cool, but they definitely like put it together. And then it's just, and then the narration is just him like, to that in real time yeah it's it's such a it's such a crazy it, it works so well and it's so unexpected yeah mm -hmm. you know and i think honestly re-watching it and remembering like okay so they went probably eight to ten episodes i don't remember exactly what I it was it's I, eight I wanna yeah no. it seems that seems right and so that you know with disney plus launching in november you know that means that series or that season wrapped up in january and where we are right now i feel like we're in a desert of original programming mm. of disney plus and going back and watching these i'm just like reminded of just like oh man i i forgot how great this show is because i haven't gone back to watch episodes mm -hmm. you know since this the show wrapped up mm -hmm. you know so and it is so solid it's so great and it's nominated for an emmy and I had to look it up quickly just to remind us. Um, it's Outstanding Hosted Nonfiction Series or Special. Is what it's... it's it it is Outstanding, and it is all those other... <laughs> right. Um, I don't know who it's running up against, but I guess, you know, we'll just have to see on Sunday, um, you know, what if it wins. They should quit. Know? Anyone else running, it should just be like, I stand down, you know. Why? Why would you get in the ring with what the cold It'd be mad. It could be, it's crazy that, you know, Disney Plus is nominated for so much. You know, this, this, I mean, with The Mandalorian, there's like 15 nominations for The Mandalorian. And Good. This and Imagineering Story and a couple other things. It's really great. Um, so you were talking a little bit about the his ice cream. Let's go talking about the ice cream episode. The things that, like, you mentioned of him, like, running around and, like, you know, just running into Jeff Goldblum. Imagine seeing him. And I'm just thinking about, like, walking up to an ice cream truck. And all of a sudden, it's Jeff Goldblum <laughs> handing you ice cream, Chris, asking you, what is it that you love about ice cream? 
and touching your face, which like no. I don't know what it's about him and John Travolta, but they love touching faces. No, no one on that show appropriately loses their mind enough. Like, and I wonder if they edit that out of people just like falling on the ground crying, be like, "It's him. He's here. He didn't abandon us." Like, I don't know. I just, but yeah, no. I, and I love those moments where he's just kind of like talking and interacting with just like normal people. You know what I mean? Like he he talked, and that's kind of like back to that like weird story I told in the beginning. Like same way with every person he meets, whether it's like a ho- like someone else on the show who's an expert on a thing, mm-hmm. or it's some random person coming up mm-hmm. to an ice cream truck. You know? Yeah, and be like, wait, wait, before before you let me drink you in. Let me drink you in. Yeah. Oh yes! Oh, this energy you have. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. What, I don't know. what little nuance can you give me about ice cream and why it's special that I didn't understand before? It's just like yeah, he's he's so invested. Yes. Yeah. What memory? What memory does this evoke for you? How touching, <laughs> touching their face? How how old were you? I. What do you remember? <laughs> when you're doing the juxtaposition of him on the aircraft carrier. With all the people who are like, what is going on? Like the scene like where they ring the bells to like say that there's ice cream. He's like, you know, four bells means, right? And he's like, what? And he's like, attack! And he's like, squid attack! There's a squid attack! Don't you there's a squid attack? And they're just like, what? It's just this super uncomfortable like sergeant in like the airport yes. just being like, okay, squid attack. <laughs> Okay. That poor sailor. <laughs> like, also, I feel like if he was asking me, like, as I was eating ice cream, he's like, close your eyes. Tell me, where are you? I'm like, I'm on an aircraft carrier, the USS America. Like, Yeah, I, I I'm being like filmed just... for some reason. Jeff Goldblum is here. <laughs> Wait, am I doing is it, this real? And again, like, a lot of, I feel like a lot of in soliloquies that are, like, clearly written and planned on the show, often... At... They often are like, I'll admit, they're a little like kind of contrived or they're a little like, if I just read it on paper, I'd be like, I'm not into this. You know what I mean? But it is, he's so genuine about it, you know? Like, he's just giving a soliloquy about how like missing your family and raising nostalgia is important. Also like, again, like genuinely putting his hands on a a soldier's back being like, think of home child. Like, (laughs) tell me like what is in your spirit, you know? Like it's real, I don't know. Yeah, he's genuine. Yes, he's very genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there any other aspect of the ice cream episode? I'll just kind of run through it quickly. They went to the ice cream truck thing at Nostalgia Fest in Las Vegas. They went to Ben and Jerry's up in Vermont in Burlington. Mm -hmm. Salt and Straw Flavor Laboratory in um, Northwest, you know, in the Oregon, or in Oregon, and then the USS America Ice Cream Social that we, we are already kind of talking about. Anything else that stands out that you guys want to talk about a little bit? Um, I think that um, <clears throat> that uh, event, what, what was the event in the beginning? The nostalgia. The nostalgia event. event, yeah. So it's that was a really cool event um, where it's like, like 50s themed and they have all kinds of classic cars and people dress like 50s clothing and stuff um it's very cool and and that's a good example of i think one of the things that comes out of episodes is like touching on other like cultural phenomena around a thing or making a connection with like that's not you know it's not like they google you know googled like ice cream festival or something like that but it's like ice cream is like a component of that a springboard to like showcase this other cool Subculture, yeah. Yeah, um, that's just like cool to see. So mm-hmm. I think, um, like in the bike episode, there's this like really awesome, like huge event. I forget what city it's in. Is it Detroit? Maybe. Yeah. Um, um, where like thousands of people get together like every Saturday in the summer mm-hmm. and do this huge, like slow bike ride around town this whole thing and like it's just really really cool and so um yeah i think i think the things that they choose to touch on in each episode vary they do a good job of finding like a wider you know so like it's not just like let's explore the history of ice cream but like they do all these different things here's a here's where it has a place in this subculture kind of event here's you know 
a, a cool local shop that we can highlight like that gives that shop a lot of visibility which is really cool yeah. um doing this like really artisan form of the thing so like um they just approach a lot of different i dropped a thing garage stuff um yeah just just exploring a lot of different aspects and facets to that specialty ice cream place sounded so gross i'm just gonna it say did it. all of the things yeah i didn't know if you guys were like the kind of person you'd be like i would try bone marrow ice cream no or we're watching it like are you I, what are you i would try it but i also have the world's least refined palate so i i just like what's wrong with vanilla like why are we putting pig's blood in ice cream yeah. like i would need like a tiny bit of it just to like out of, out of morbid curiosity but i'm like that, if, if vanilla is an option i'm not gonna have a bowl of bone that, marrow the, like one of the most hipster things I've ever seen. Like it seemed like it was all Portlandia sketch, and then I was like, "No, this is real." Like we're doing like, yeah. Like I know I'm putting there in my in my hipster glasses, but like, well, I was gonna say, like honestly, I didn't. I knowing you guys as well as I do, I didn't know where you're gonna go with this, and I was like, I can kind of see you guys outside the shop, like with your little cup, eating it with a tiny spoon, going. Yeah, it really tastes the pig's blood. It's actually not bad. <laughs> the worst part of both those things. Yeah, no, and I could, I could see it. That I could totally see that being like Ithacans. I could see. I, I have known and people who would be super into that, uh, but I, I myself, no, I was a little like, what is this? Appreciate him doing us a service by checking it out, but uh, yeah, no, uh, the chicken gizzard ice cream and I are not gonna. I'm not going to do that. Nothing. Yeah, it's more of like, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. It's Jeff Goldberg. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, They're so preoccupied with how they could make bone marrow ice cream. They didn't stop to think if they should. Yeah. It's the moral yeah. of that story. If only Ian Malcolm was there. If only. <clears throat> um, have you kind of been in our area that we're in? Have you guys ever been up to um, Ben and Jerry's in Vermont? I biked with the church bike group i, I was wondering yeah i forget what year that was i want to say like or something i think it was 2009 yeah it was before my day yeah i with the bike trip and all that. never been to any of the things i was not aware that the one dude had anosmia and that that's why their ice cream is just like insane yeah that yeah. was interesting that was very interesting. Yes, More chunks of things. I want to be able to taste it. Yeah, exactly. Like they literally made it to like, where it could potentially be used as like a weapon or something <laughs> like that. The amount of flavor it had. Like you need a permit to buy the ice cream, <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, no, this is good. We'll yeah. we'll do this." Which I don't know. It, it worked. Yeah, I mean it, that is true. They kind of like paved the way for like just like bonkers ice cream. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like those are the only people i've ever seen on the show who almost um out jeff goldbloomed jeff goldbloom i had that thought as well so that, wacky. they they actually like almost had him on the ropes a couple times like with like <laughs> the quirkiness i was like oh not ready for that one where you where you happy um anything else you guys want to say about the ice cream episode before we go on to the next one i don't think so i think that's all i got on ice cream you got anything i think i've said what I needed to say. I think the only thing that I'll just I have to say is after I got done watching or rewatching this episode, I was sitting in my dining room here and I was going, I need some ice cream. Yes. Yeah. And so I went to the, our fridge and uh, my wife Jess, she had some green tea Hagen Dazs ice cream, and I was just like, Yeah, I'm gonna eat a little bit of this and tribute to to jeff and because he just inspired me yeah i always have um, to eat ice cream after i watch that episode but that's also my default state is uh, eating ice cream so the ice cream i eat is at the other end of the spectrum i eat the like aldi has like tubs of ice cream you can buy that's like the size of your torso and it's like four dollars but like it doesn't say ice cream anywhere on it it says like frozen dairy substitute treat like it seems like the thing it's like a ration they would give you cold 
Like, I'm pretty sure it was all made in 1950 in, like, East Germany. And, it's like, not acceptable. And Aldi saying. still sells it. And I just love it. Because, I, like, I don't know why. Every time I, I eat it, I'm like, the dollar per flavor ratio is amazing. Chris's <laughs> cost efficiency outweighs his, like... Sense of taste sense a little taste, bit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the most refined palate that I don't often care about like brands of things or anything, but ice cream is, is one thing that I'm not willing to sacrifice if, that much on. If you mix, I'm not sure, cookie butter, if you've ever had that or seen that, if you mix that with any ice cream of any grade, it becomes the most magical ice cream ever. So that's my secret. Basically, Jeff Goldblum needs here for a sequel on the ice cream episode where we can teach him how to make real ice cream out of terrible Aldi generic brand rash ice cream and cookie butter. And he'd be just as a- But you have to like have something where like, we cooked this in the ground and we dug a a cistern and it's all the earth and he'll just be like, oh yes, yes, oh my, I like this. You know, he's gonna, then he'll be like, soul, that's an episode. Yes. yes. But um, let's let's get on to the tattoo episode. Um, yeah, what is anything stand out? What do you guys want to talk about here? I'll, I'll turn it to you guys. So one of the things that I love about this episode, because this is the sort of thing that can only happen on this show. So one of the places that he goes to, it was this in Pittsburgh. Yes, the, is, yes, that's where he's from. They have a Jeff Goldblum day. Mm-hmm to celebrate Jeff Goldblum. And one of the things that they do is a tattoo shop spends the whole day giving people Jeff Goldblum tattoos. And the place is packed of people who want Jeff Goldblum tattoos. So he goes to visit this tattoo shop on Goldblum Day where people are getting Jeff Goldblum tattoos. And he just like walks in like, hey guys, I'm here. And everyone's like loses their minds. And then he gets to check out everybody's Jeff Goldblum tattoos. And then he ends up giving part of one to somebody he's like can i can i do part of your tattoo and the guy's like yeah i would love that there he does that there's a youtube video out there of jeff goldblum reviewing tattoos of him like where they just show him pictures of of him and (laughs) and he's not always nice there are many times where he's like why would you do this to yourself like but it's wow. I don't know. I thought that's, about that. That's a very worthwhile video. Yeah. I was also thinking about that. Yeah, but that, yeah, that that scene in particular is really good. He gets to actually tattoo someone himself. And that's the one time I think we see people actually like in the series going, Oh my gosh, it's Jeff Gold. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think, Chris, if you were there, I guess the question for you guys, I know I don't have any tattoos. Um, I, I know Devin, you do. Chris, do you have tattoos? I'm tattooed, yes. Okay. What well, would you get a Jeff Goldblum tattoo? I've thought about this. <laughs> so I I have a rule for myself. I only get tat- things tattooed on me that are like religious or religious grade tattoos. You know. However, <laughs> that, that this may qualify. I think the two exceptions I have to this are potentially Futurama and Jeff Goldblum. I had the thought that I woke up after some like mysterious circumstances and had a Jeff Goldblum tattoo on me of any size or anywhere, I would just be like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'd be okay with it. <clears throat> I wouldn't go out if someone said you. I will pay for you to get a tattoo, and I'd go okay. And they'd say, but it'd have to be Jeff Goldblum. I would have to think about it. <laughs> what if the person said Jeff Goldblum will do it himself on Jeff Goldblum Day in this tattoo shop? I would pay them money, like a lot of money for it. I would t- do that. That would absolutely be fantastic. All right, Devin, the question to you, would you? Um, maybe, maybe in, in that last circumstance where it was actually Jeff Goldblum doing it, maybe if it was small, depending on the design. Why, I, I why are you putting it. these caveats on it? It's Jeff Goldblum. Because I'm not going to commit like you to be like, if I woke up with like a giant Jeff Goldblum face on my back, like taking up my entire back, I'd be like, cool. That'd be amazing. 
I love you even more. I am afraid of how true. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let your guys's marriage stand on its own. I'm not gonna add anything <laughs> to the this conversation about Devin having a Jeff Goldblum <laughs> tattoo. Um, yeah, I okay. So for me, oh gosh, I've thought about from time to time getting a tattoo, and for multiple reasons, I just don't think I could do it. Um, a oh, so a growing up my my dad was just was was super conservative and it was kind of like he was the kind of a not in my house kind of a guy and it's like also ingrained within that it's like if you have money for a tattoo you have money for this other thing over here which is and so that's kind of still ingrained with me and then I feel like I would just have the regret afterwards and I I, I think I would feel like a poser ultimately mm-hmm. you know like, I feel like if, if I was, if I told you, if you, you didn't know me, you just saw me on the street and I told you, and within our conversation, I don't have a tattoo. I don't think you guys would be looking at me and go, that surprises me. I think you would go, yeah, I can see it. You have a fair point. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that that's true. But also if you were like, I have a tattoo, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like that wouldn't all, that would be equally not shocking to me. Except for the fact that's a conversation starter for me just to come up to you on the street and say, I have a tattoo. <laughs> Hear me out. Face tattoo solves that problem. That's true. If you want to avoid the awkward conversation. You got a face tattoo. People know you've got it. You're the kind of guy who's got a tattoo. You've got a face tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I totally overcompensate and swing to the other side of the pendulum yeah. where I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of iffy <laughs> to having a face tattoo. That's like full commitment. I'm in the process right now. And a Star Wars tattoo that I really, now that it's in my mind, I like really want it. I never really thought I would have like a, a, a tattoo of like movie or TV, like media reference or anything, even though I have some that I'm like so invested in. Um, and I know last time I was on the Frozen 2 podcast, I said I was designing a Frozen 2 tattoo. Which Did I, you get it? I haven't yet. COVID, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm on, I'm on hold um, until I feel like I'm in the parlor. Um, but I have the Frozen unlocked and loaded and I've got a Star Wars one locked and loaded now. So, <laughs> ready awesome. to go. Awesome. Um, yeah, I feel like if I, the one that I've kind of settled on. A jet, see, the other thing too is when I've when I've talked to my wife about tattoos, the the ideas that I come up with, she just looks at me and goes, "No, <laughs> no." Um, and I really wanted to get a um, Leon the Professional. I don't know if you guys know that movie at all. No. Yeah, Natalie Portman's breakout movie, right? I've not seen it, but know. I know of it. Yeah, it's it's a Luc Besson film. Um, Jean Renault. Um, he's a hitman with a heart of gold. He takes in this basically orphan Natalie Portman character. And I just, it's awesome. And Gary Oldman's in it. Fantastic villain. And I, I would like have, want to get it like right here on my forearm mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. of him. And just is like, I don't want you to have a face on your, you know, a tattoo mm-hmm. like thing. And so she, he has like this fern that he always like is taking care of. She's like, maybe you could get a tattoo of the fern. Like representation faces are hard because like portraits are really, really difficult. And you have a tattoo artist who's like really good at them. Yeah. See, that's, I'm just going to, that was what would happen to me. I would just like, I'm going all out. And then I totally regret it. <laughs> yeah. Something it. like a fern is like, that's like a nice simple and it's like, you know what it means, but isn't like Gary Oldman's face. Not, not that there's anything wrong with Gary Oldman's face. I love him. Yeah, but also, that's true. I wouldn't get it. I, I feel like tattoos of celebrities and like living people kind of weird me out because like, what if they go off the deep end and become like someone who I would not want their face tattooed on me? You know what I mean? Jeff Goldblum being the exception because I'm you sure he's him. fine. Like Jeff Goldblum forever. <laughs> That's that's why yeah I think like symbols and things like that or things like yeah I don't know like things like like Jurassic Park or Star Wars or things that you have associations yes. with that are always yours. Well, so this is why I said earlier talking about a Jeff Goldblum tattoo that it would depend on what design. Like a Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum tattoo, right? 
then maybe yes. Like one of the ones that they got in the show was like a Velociraptor with like the Jeff Goldblum glasses on it. And like, <laughs> I don't know that I would necessarily do that one, but like if it was something having to do with like, cause, cause that movie is like so much part of my, of my life, um, then yeah, I'd think about that. Okay, so we've, we've talked about a lot about us ourselves getting tattoos. Let's get back to the episode here. Yes. Any of these other segments stand out to you guys? Yes. The technology tattoo sequence. I was interested in the thing at all. <laughs> I mean, it was cool. Like, you know, you put the tattoo on and it tells you, like, when you're, when you're, like, in the sun too long. And they're like, biomechanical tattoos and all that. <laughs> he goes so far off the deep end. And that guy just goes along with him. There are scenes of them frolicking in slow motion together with, like, romantic music <laughs> as they like frolic about and then it's the beautiful. end scene they're sitting on the Julia Roberts? yes they're sitting on the bench i don't know the movie it's some romantic julia not in hell and i'll be julia roberts okay and he just sits there with like a huge smile like batting his eyelashes looking around and the guy's like why are you being quiet and he's like i'm being julia roberts <laughs> and it was so funny. And he's like waiting for that to like play along. And the other guy's like, I don't, I in the movie, I don't know. What oh, it was so good. It was so, that sequence was amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah, that, that sequence was good. But I don't usually like get, I feel like I get freaked out with these kinds of things. But man, you could not put like a tech tattoo on me. Yeah. That freaks me out, honestly. Like, these kind of things don't usually freak me out, but that watching that, I'm just like, there's no way. I, I mean, you can't, you can't get a fern on my, on me <laughs> tattoo, let alone a tech tattoo. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was a, a weird one, but also a good example of how they find these like weird, interesting, like niche things within yeah. the thing to be like, all right, everybody's pretty familiar with tattoos as a con. There's some cool stuff to explore with the conventions and stuff new application of like a, a tattoo related thing that probably and we're gonna like explore that for a little bit. I you know I kind of wonder about the tech tech two thing a little bit in a way because for me that's like you know super paranoid technology. There's the other part of me that like lives day to day with technology and it does amazing things. I'm like, I don't know, we're always improving ourselves. Like glasses. I, I can see because of these things in front of me. It's amazing. And I don't know. Like, I do wonder about like what is like the amazing part of the human capacity is we ourselves are fragile and weak and pretty awful at a lot of things, but we can just brain think our way through things to become like amazing superheroes, you know? And so I am vaguely interested in that idea that technology could do something with it. But I also really love that like he captured the other end of the human experience with like the traditional Hawaiian tattoos mm -hmm. and how that the tattooing can also be a form of celebrating our humanity and that very same like persevering human experience. And mm -hmm. they all talk about the tattoos and how they're signs of protection or how they're memories or you know things like that. And those are all just like very human stories, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know. Yeah, like, it goes back to like the roots of yeah. tattooing in a in a cool way. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. So mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Like when the guy was talking about he has the turtle tattoo on mm -hmm. his foot as a reminder of when he almost died, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. It's a good, that's a good tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else you guys want to say about the tattoo episode? I don't think so. I I don't think so. One thing I did re remember that I think this happens in like every episode is that he'll just like randomly burst into song. And I'm pretty sure most of the time it's just nonsense. He's just like making up songs or they're ones that like no one has ever heard. I like look around as if everyone should, should know them. And he's like waiting for everyone to join in. Like, Oh, you know, the song they're like, uh, uh, like it's just sing some nonsense and but nobody knows what he's talking about to the power of jeff goldblum they always start singing along yeah, like everyone do. joins in it's like, not a song they're just like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> nobody knows what he's talking about on the tattoo one when they go to the convention he's like candy yeah <laughs> fantastic the, the, the that one ends with a great so i am a 
deep lover of Jeff Goldblum gifs or gifs, depending on how you pronounce them. Right. Um, for whatever reason, in my line of work, we've all just Jeff. Oh my god! He just blew his. Oh, mind. I'm so into this. Anyway, so my for whatever reason, our company we often do this thing where because we're absolute professionals where we'll only respond to each other with gifts like the attacks like that's all you every single one of mine is jeff goldblum um and at the very end when he's like when he's like oh did i maybe perhaps get a tattoo and he just like looks at the camera with this like, like mischievous did i and it's like the most perfect <laughs> gift one it's like there's and like one of the sneak those are the best ones yeah Anyway, so that's that's, that's the so funny because I think I've done that too, where I will just start responding in text to a friend if I'm like just texting them for a while, and I'll just pick someone like if it's something I've been watching. I think one time I it was Jeff Goldblum in response. It was only Jeff Goldblum to the point that I was just freaking them out. <laughs> I was like, "Why do you keep sending me Jeff Goldblum gifs?" In fact, I think right. I did that in response to your post about voting for like which show should be on this. <laughs> podcast and i think i just responded with several jeff goldblum jeffs and i think one of them was that one that he and the previous look the, the uh, another one that's gold if people are playing this game uh mick jagger a any gif of mick jagger you can, if you're ever like bored and don't know what to watch on tv besides all the great things that you can stream on disney plus um just type in mick jagger gif and just prepare to like lose an afternoon. That's hysterical. They get better. <clears throat> okay, so in right. wrapping it up, I don't think we're gonna give ourselves a star rating for this because you know, honestly, I'm I know where I think you guys stand with this show. Um I was just felt so welcome back in a sense to like the early months of Disney Plus, where I was just going, This is just so comfy and yeah. such a, so great. Um, and I'm really missing it. And I had to search um, before we started recording. It's like, okay, is there a season two in the works? And there is. So that's something that we get to look forward to. I was hoping for that. I prayed to look it up because I didn't want to hear yeah. that there wasn't. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, as long as I don't look it up, I can't be too sad. Yeah. Like I thought, like in like forty years, I'd just be like, maybe there'll be another episode. Like Jeff Goldblum is like a hologram, or like one of those like Biggie Smalls, like after he's dead he kind comes of thing. Back from the afterlife to do an episode. Yeah, on like I was just terrified. Like, what if like I was just happy with thinking maybe there always could be one. So I'm happy to hear that. That, that episode is on coffins and yeah. um, <laughs> cremation and yes. But um, that actually kind of gets me to my last question. I want to know. Um, pitch an episode for season two. Oh. What thing should he have a focus on? Dogs. Like, I'm just thinking about it because I love dogs, but I think it would actually be really good. Like, he could he could do, like, Westminster Dog Show or, like, a, a sort of dog show. He could do, like, like, something about agility training, exploring. He could do, like, you know, get some information about emotion about like the history of how dogs were bred like there's a lot there to be explored that would be good i i i have oh, oh do the thing where no the, the, the there's this big thing where like people groom dogs in all these crazy ways i saw pictures of oh yeah they, like dye them different colors and make all sorts of crazy like art designs out of like their dogs it's absolutely insane and it's madness the perfect subject for this episode i that's my pitch. I think I have two. Um, one would be cartoons. I feel like Jeff Goldblum exploring cartoons and like the way they were made, the way they are made, the way they are in different countries. Like Jeff Goldblum sitting down in like a Japanese anime would be the funniest thing to me. I would watch that for hours. I that. Like voice actors and how that's all done. I think that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. The other thing that Going back, the barbecue episode has this awesome juxtaposition of him like with like the pit boys and these like very alpha male men. I think Jeff Goldblum, uh, Disney would never do this, doing one on guns. 
like firearms and guns. I think that would be super that would be fascinating. I would be so interested to watch Jeff Goldblum explore all the dimensions of that from like civil war reactors yeah. to like yeah. marksmen and like competitive like like Paralympic shooters yeah. to like you know just like gun shows. Like I think it would be that's actually one that I thought about and then I thought of something that got me more excited oh. <laughs> and yeah. on the surface I would have been like really but then when you those deep dives into just this crazy world I think it would be super interesting lawns huh yeah. and um, like de- lawn decorations you could, you could dive into gnomes you could, oh you know, which is, has such a weird culture around it. That's you know? good. That's brilliant. That is the that is like a perfect like that this show would do. I'd be like, that looks boring, and then they do it. I'd be like, that was awesome. When like he high fived the gnome lady. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. That's a that really is good brilliant. One. I love it. They need. That's to the do beauty that. of this show is like every like the title of of each episode. Like, it's just a th- like RVs, and you're like, all right, what about RVs? But then it's like a fantastic journey. RVs and uh, like a great the RV museum and I'm like I want to go there. Yeah, and you meet like all these like the the one guy who's got like all the like children like who moves the families around at night. Fake families around like he's definitely he he's he he if if he's and this is Cynthia. And she's a sassy lady, I'll tell you what. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, um, he's got some some bodies hidden in some of those RVs for sure. Um, it was actually really interesting. I was watching that episode with a friend, and when it got like, I remember my this one friend. She was from Indiana because that's where that museum was. Oh, okay. And I looked at her. I'm like, "You're from Indiana, Indiana. Do you know about this?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, I know that there that museum. I know about that." Like weird little culture there because she grew up around it, and I'm just like, what? It was so crazy. Oh, it's crazy. So yeah, lawns, lawns. Ooh. I could see being a good one. That would be so good. Yeah. Competitive like lawnmower races, which like are a thing. Oh my gosh! Decorations, Halloween, Christmas, like yeah, yeah, yeah. those people who like go out. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. did you win? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> And you know why I knew you would love that, Chris? Because you and I both are fans of King of the Hill. Oh, yes. Why would anyone do drugs when they could mow their lawn? Yes. I tattooed on me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh. All right. So, um, guys, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Extreming Disney. I have loved this conversation. This has been so much fun. Thank you guys for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. If we weren't doing this, I'd just have been sitting here for the last hour listening to him talk to me about <laughs> Jeff Goldblum anyway. So he's in bed going, What do you think Jeff Goldblum is doing right now? Literally. Yeah, that's, I've, that's had, that we spend our evenings, I've so had that thought. I've had that We're glad that you could just tune in to the conversation we would have been having anyway. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. So um, yeah, that's that's going to wrap things up. Thank you guys for coming on. I'm actually thinking to have you guys come on in the future for a Saturday morning cartoon episode. Totally. If you're down. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I would just say until next time, you know, thanks for being a part of the show. Yeah, thanks for Thank having you. us. We would love to come back. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in again to this week's episode of Extreming Disney. Um, Again, I also, a huge thank you goes out to both Devin and Chris for coming on. I really am thinking about having them come on for a future episode, a Saturday morning cartoon episode in the next couple months. So you can be looking forward to them. I I love talking to the two of them. It was a a lot of fun. Um, Also, I just got to say, I hope you guys are enjoying the new format of the show where, you know, this is in order to create more time to give us to talk about a a given topic each week and not have to get to the news pieces exactly that day. Um, And with that, I hope you'll check out the new show that I'm doing where it's all about the news, all about the news pieces that have come out for that week. Um, Devin and I recorded a little bit already to kind of break some of that down, but be looking forward that this upcoming Friday. So check it out. Um, It's going to be shorter for sure as as I'm going to be just talking about 
all the news um, articles that have come out. Um, Let me talk to you also about this next week's show. Next week is a Saturday morning cartoon episode. And for that, um, I am welcoming on one of my really, really good friends and an old roommate of mine from when I was back in college. Um, His name is Jerry McCarty. Um, We've been reconnecting the last couple months or so. And he's doing some great things in the world, and um, I've just loved getting in touch with him again. And he's going to come on and talk Saturday morning cartoons. Um, and the date that we drew from the hat was October twenty third, nineteen ninety three. Okay, October twenty third, nineteen ninety three. The cartoons that we're going to be talking about is actually we're going to do three episodes because we're going to do a back to back. two-parter episode from X-Men, the animated series. That's right, folks. One of my favorite cartoons growing up, I think the quintessential Marvel animated show. Um, I am super excited. This is from season two, episode one and two. They are titled Till Death to Us Part. And it's parts one and two of this um, kind of uh, season two premiere of the show. Um, Alongside that, we're going to talk about another cartoon from October 23rd, 1993, right around that time. It's Bonkers. Um, I have not seen much of this show, so I'm excited to get into a show that I haven't seen much from. Um, And the episode we're going to talk about is Season 1, Episode 34, and it's titled Of Mice and Menace. Of Mice and Menace. So um, check it out. Watch those two cartoons over the next week um, before we get together again next week. Um, Thank you again for tuning in. I'm sorry I'm kind of rambling on a little bit longer than usual here to close out the show. But um, I hope you can check out the show on Friday and that you check out next week's show where we talk about X-Men and Bonkers. All right, guys, I'll talk to you again. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.